Hello and welcome to the Balancing Act podcast for working mums. Here you can find the tools and inspiration you need to overcome the constant juggle and live with more simplicity, ease and fulfilment in your everyday. I'm your host, Debbie, a balance coach and a working mum myself. And I'm super happy to be here with you. Hello, a very warm welcome to episode number 56 of the Balancing Act podcast. This week, I am absolutely delighted to share another amazing guest interview with you. And this time I am speaking with Isabel of Joyous Journeys. Isabel is a book and business doula. And in her work, she provides emotional, editorial and practical support for entrepreneurs with ideas. And the really interesting part of this for me is like just how like wide ranging the scope of her work is. And the thing that really came out in the conversation is whether you are an entrepreneur or not, and whether you have dreams or writing a book or not, um, there will be something really interesting in there for you because a large part of our conversation revolves around archetypes. And this is something that we all display in all areas of our life. And so It's a really interesting perspective through which to look at some of our our traits and characteristics. So I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I enjoyed um, participating in it. And um, I would love to know what you think. So let's dive in. Hi, Isabel, and a very, very, very warm welcome to the Balancing Act podcast. It is wonderful to have you here. And it's I feel um like it's a, it feels like such a treat to be able to spend this time with you one on one. Oh no, it's a treat for me. Thank you for having me. <laughs> um so just for the listeners, I would um love to introduce Isabel as the a book and business doula, which I just I love the novelty of that title. Um, um, but as I understand that you help um, entrepreneurs birth the, both their books and their businesses. So, um, yeah, it just feels like such a fab title and so fitting to the work that you do. Um, so I wondered, leading on from that, if if you could just give us a little bit more of an introduction, um, especially around what your own balancing act looks like these days. <laughs> Oh my goodness. (laughs) Um, I'm a Libra actually. So balance is super important to me. Um, I'm always looking for it, trying to reach it and stay in balance, actually not for very long because it is what we do as Libras. We were always like, always aiming for it, but can't hold on to it as it were. So um, it is a work in progress. I am definitely getting better with age, I think. Um, and it looks like in my life, um, I have two daughters who are um, nine and 13. I have a teenager in the house. Well, from, from in three weeks time. <laughs> um, I am married and I have my own business and it is a balancing act. It is literally, I guess, compartmentalizing everything. So right now I have my, hmm, what is it? What hat have I got on? My business slash, uh, yeah, maybe everything on right now because we're going to talk about everything. <laughs> um, 
I feel that I have to get super organized so that I so that don't so that things do not overspill into other areas. So if mm. I'm if I'm you know I'm in my studio, I'm in work mode or writing mode. Actually, this is also the way I write from. Um, and if I'm at home, um, I'm at home with my girls or my husband or by myself, just reading a book. Or sometimes I'm here as well, but I'm trying to keep the boundaries really, really mm. clear. Um, so yeah, balance feels elusive sometimes, and then sometimes it feels really good, and I feel like oh, I feel at peace, mm. and that's so, the best place to be. I love that. Like, I just love that bit because you you, you use the word feel. You've just used the word feeling repetitively, and like to me, that's what balance is about. It's not like um, I always talk about it like it as a feeling rather than a physical like thing. Um, yeah. It, it is very much that that feeling and I love what you said about um I actually didn't know like I that I didn't actually know that about um Libras but what you said it being something that you feel like you don't hold on to and I feel like that's all part of it like it changes all the time and like what what we need in order to feel in balance I think changes yes. sometimes from R to R yes that's right (laughs) or like at least from day to day sometimes that's why it's so elusive yes exactly exactly we're we're Um, born to be balanced and yet yeah it it, we don't even know what it what we need actually and moment to moment sometimes we don't know and so yeah to do that oh I'm going to do this I'm going to do that I'm going to try this and then it's like oh yeah okay that's not so bad and then yeah the next day changes because your child is sick and because You've got your a cat has been run over, which happened yeah. last two months ago. Oh no! Oh no! I know. It's the, yeah, like life, life, happens. life happens. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like, um, see, so yeah, I feel like we could, I could um, talk. We could maybe have a whole podcast episode on that. But then, we will. We will. <laughs> you can to my podcast. <laughs> I would love to know more about you. Well, yeah. So this is worth mentioning. You're a recent podcast host yourself, um, and it'll yeah. be great. I, I would love it if at the end of this you could you could share that with listeners so they could find out more um but I am also very curious about how you became a a book and business doula I'm sure that you have a story to share I do it's quite a long story so I'm gonna make it short if I, I can um I have two passions I have had two passions in my life for since I was eight I think books and helping people. And when I was told at the age of 17, 18, when I said I wanted to be a psychologist, when I was told by my parents, no, you can't be a psychologist Mm -hmm. because they were doctors. If I I was going to be a psy something, it had to be a psychiatrist. Um, When I got told no, I was like, okay, then I am not becoming a psychiatrist because I don't want to do 11 years of studies. Um, I'm French, by the way, so it is 11 in in France. I think it's one year less in England, um, in the UK. Uh, I was a bit like, okay, well, then I'm just going to work in, just going to, I'm going to work in publishing, my other passion then. And so it was kind of, I was still drawn to psychology. I read, I've been reading books about psychology, psychoanalysis and the brain and everything like that for, yeah, since I was 14, 15. So, you know, it's still been part of my life, even though I did end up then working in publishing. So Mm -hmm. when I was left university after an MA, 
and I worked in three different publishing houses, one uh, full-time in-house and two uh, freelance, just doing small projects, you know, on the side at weekends and that kind of thing. Um, and they say it's hard to get into publishing. I've just got three jobs at a university. <laughs> wow. Or maybe you're really good. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Just so lucky. I don't know. In a small town in Warwickshire as well, in Leamington Spa. Amazing. Um, so that was, yeah, that really was really good. And um, and then I got another job, another full-time job six months later with a bigger publisher in the same town. So I actually got four jobs within six months. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. And then my eldest daughter was born, 2008, and that rocked my world. And I decided uh, two years later to become a, a birth doula. I suddenly become became obsessed with any anything to do with birth, and and I attended some births. And I had and then I heard about hypnobirthing, and hypnobirthing is. Um, I don't know if you know about it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. just for the listeners, it's um, a way of birthing your baby that is really calm and where you feel, even if it's not calm, you are empowered to make your own decisions and to feel the way that you want to feel mm-hmm. and to always be um, the one making the decisions rather than being told what to do. So it's, it's a whole um learn there's a whole learning around birth and the physiology of birth and how you can stay calm so this became, is amazing this is amazing like planted in the story so was this from your own birth experience or was it just from nope. no okay it was <laughs> well yeah. I suppose it is it was because I had to have a c-section at the last like three days no, a week before my due date I found out my baby was breech right yeah in those days it's slightly different now but in those days it was still recommended that you had a c-section and I was like, whoa, 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 hold your horses. You know, I'm just going to wait for her to be ready. Not even knowing anything about birth. I had done the NCT classes, but that is all I knew, I, I knew at the time. Didn't know about hypno. Oh, I had heard about hypnobirthing, but I was like, hypno what? <laughs> so I had a C-section for, in the end, still a C-section for my first baby. And yes, in a way, the passion for for natural birthing came from that because if I had known more, I would perhaps have chosen a different path. When I had my second baby, which was a second C-section, I knew so much more, but then realized that actually the decision of waiting, first of all, to have my my first baby and then to go for a C-section was actually the right decision. In hindsight, in the way that things went with my second baby. So, um, yes, it was partly based on, 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 on that birthing experience. But by then, I knew so much more about uh, hypnobirthing by the second time I was pregnant and I actually decided to learn and be a uh, a teacher because I was going to learn it for myself my own birth so why not learn it for other people and teach it with two other teach it to other people Amazing. and so I did um and then I learned so much more about hypnosis because hypnobirthing has the word hypnosis mm-hmm. in it and it is just a state of relaxation. But I learned so much about hypnosis that I knew then that I wanted to be a hypnotherapist. And here we go. Uh, what was it then? Um, nearly 20 years after I had said I wanted to be a psychologist, <laughs> I found my way. <laughs> I found my way anyway. Brilliant, brilliant. I am. Um, I very often. I, I really need to look up the exact words. That, but I quite often talk. But there's a quote from Steve Jobs about how all the dots 
always join up in hindsight you know yes. if you just follow your curiosity then everything becomes clear and like this seems like the perfect version of that yes yes it really was it's like well I only wasted 20 years but at the same <laughs> at the same time I would never become a hypnotherapist at the age of 22 you know so I didn't know about hypnosis and it was still very much like a hypno what it was that about mm. oh, you know pendulums and chicken like head making you uh walk around like a headless chicken and yeah. like that. Yeah. um it's not like that uh, but this is what our perception perception was and mine was definitely at the time as well so I would not have become a hypnotherapist and of course no, there's no of course about it, but of course, from what I know about it, yes, it's so it is totally the path that I I was on. That mm. you know, I had to go around all the, the other stuff in order to arrive at hypnosis and the hypnotherapy. So from there, I became a hypnotherapist and an EFT practitioner, emotional freedom techniques, um, and an NLP practitioner, neurolinguistic programming. It they all complement each other. Um, really interesting and fast, effective methods for healing people um, or, well, for helping people heal from their trauma, Mm -hmm. um, from trauma, I should say, from trauma, not their trauma, from trauma, uh, from anxiety, stress, um, anger, frustration, sadness, you know, any kind of emotion that is not uh, helpful on a daily basis and also the deeper stuff that, that runs through people's lives or sometimes ancestry even mm-hmm. um so yeah it's it's been a fascinating journey and then three three years ago just over three years ago I decided to put both together editing pub uh, you know editing and proofreading which is what I was doing for 20 years and in the end freelance in-house and freelance and also the um the helping people, the hypnosis, the EFT and all that. Because when you try to write a book, especially when it's about your personal story, all that stuff comes up and all the blocks Mm. come up and you need so much emotional support. And this is why people do not finish their books if they've started them. (laughs) This is, so to me, this sounds really niche. Is it, is it, is it as niche as... Yeah, when the word came, when the phrase came to me, I was like, oh, book doula, I'm a birth doula, I'm a book doula, this is amazing. I really thought I had come up with a word that no one had, but there are actually a few book doulas, Mm. um, especially in the US. I only found three at the time. There's probably more now. But yes, it was quite niche. I mean, it's a book coach, really, but I don't want to be a coach because it's not, to me, it's more than a coach. It is holding space for the birth person to birth her book yeah and it's, you know it's a it's an emotional roller coaster it's it's not uh right well today you're going to do this and tomorrow you're going to do 300 words and next week you'll have 3,000 words and the week after you'll have a book yes I think like to me it sounds a lot more than than a book because I would expect from a book book coach a large part of it was about the accountability and yeah. you know ensuring that you make progress whereas what you're offering sounds like something a lot there more. is that too they yes to there is that, yes <laughs> but it sounds like there's a lot more to it than that as well yeah. and it sounds yeah. um to me it really strikes me because I um now I, like I've sort of come to the conclusion that in in entrepreneurship like business strategy and business development is like not quite pointless, but it is an awful lot less effective without the personal development behind it. And it sounds like exactly the same thing for 
from yeah, writing a book. It like unless there's the personal development there, it's you know it it's impossible almost to come overcome those the mental blocks and your limiting beliefs and etc yeah. you don't know where they come from you don't know yes. what you're doing and yes. your brain comes up with all sorts of excuses that you think are true mm-hmm. and, not. and seem quite rational and logical yeah. <laughs> yes. i don't have time yes. for this i don't have the right space i can't spell oh all the blocks um so i know in your work you use archetypes quite a lot um I've heard I've heard you um talking about that in in various aspects of your work and I would love to delve into that a little bit more because archetypes have been something that I have only come across really in the last year or so and like when I I was like you know why haven't I heard about this before like it's such a powerful um I think it's just such a powerful thing to know about so I was wondering, maybe just as a quick introduction, if you could tell us a little bit more about what an archetype is. Yeah, so an archetype is, um, broadly speaking, it's a very typical example of a certain person or a certain thing. And in terms of Jungian theory, so Carl Jung, um, it's a primitive mental image inherited from the earliest human ancestors and supposed to be present in the collective a collective unconscious. So he wrote a lot about the collective unconscious. Now I haven't read Carl Jung for many years, so that's all I'm going to say <laughs> about his theory. Um, but it's it's something that we can recognize in other people. Is certain types or certain characteristics that people have, and they're linked to a certain kind of person. So you might recognize the rebel. You might recognize the sage or the 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 wise person. Who's who's here to spread knowledge, for example? Or you might recognise a jester or or the magician. And these are, you know, you can instantly think, oh, magician, okay, magic, or like, oh, things appearing out of nowhere. That will, mm. that's what that is the image that will come to your mind. And if you think of the sage, maybe you think of the the older the, the older man with a long white beard. And so these are all um, in our unconscious and conscious. Um, and we, it makes it easy for us to recognize other people, what kind of person we're, we're talking to or dealing with. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And so um, my understanding is as well that we all have like bits of the different archetypes in us, but we're more prone to um, behave in, in certain archetypes. Yes. Like all the time yeah. or in different situations potentially um yes so I'm curious as to how how you use them in your work oh, oh I just love this topic so much <laughs> so much <laughs> um I don't think I was aware of archetypes like so specific archetypes um until I came across the sacred money archetypes um, which Denise Duffield Thomas um, talks about. So she, she's a money mindset mentor and she had a course, she doesn't do it anymore, but she had a course around sacred money archetypes. And I had heard of it and I had heard her talk about it and I had listened or watched a few videos of hers on YouTube and I thought it was fascinating and I, I love, I love um, 
I think, I don't know, I just love different personalities and, and what makes a person a person and what makes a person tick as well. So I just, yeah, watch it with interest, but never thought I would do anything specifically around that. But one day um, for the third time, I think she was running the course uh, that year, 2019, and I thought, I'm doing it. That's it. I'm doing it. I'm doing the course. And as soon as we started, this was October, as soon as we started doing the course, I thought, ah, I'm going to have to train and be a coach in sacred body architecture. There's just no other way. And that in itself is telling of one of my archetypes. I'll explain later. <laughs> um, and so two months later, I was doing the course, the original course with Kendall Summerhawk. Um, and then another two months later, I was a qualified coach. Um, I went, I whizzed through the whole thing because I was so passionate about it uh, with my buddy and we exchanged so much and we're still really, really good friends. It's, it was an amazing program. It is an amazing program. And it is amazing. It has changed the way that I live my life in, well, no, it has changed the way that I understand myself and my life and people around me and my clients. Mm. As soon as I knew more that, right, this is it from now on, all my clients have to take the quiz and there's like an assessment or a quiz that you can take. And I need to, this is how I'm going to help them even more than I have been doing. And uh, Sorry, go ahead. Well, although it's about money, it is a personality test. And the way that you do money is the way you do everything. That's what Kendall Summerhawk says. Um, and it's so true. So that was that was gonna be my exact question. So it's like, yeah, I was um I know that you work with with money archetype types, but my understanding is that the way you might behave towards money then also reflects how you might behave towards relationships or towards like um yeah your work or and you and and everything yes everything um so yeah you um I you shared very generously shared your quiz with me I like really really love taking it um so could you tell us a little bit more about that because I'm sure that people will be very curious hearing you talk Yes, are we allowed to talk about their own archetypes? Are you? Are we allowed to talk about your your archetypes tonight? Yes, today? absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you're a connector, ruler, and accumulator slash romantic. We didn't actually, um, you know, go go into the the third archetype, which one wins over the other. Um, but it doesn't really matter because they're both very, very present anyway. So for, for our discussion today, it's fine. And your um, your last one is the maverick. So the connector is the person who loves connecting, obviously, connecting with other people. This is why you have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and, but you also like connecting ideas together and connecting people together as well, like, or connecting um books with a person maybe oh have you read this you need to read this like you know, do you do that yes I do that all the time <laughs> and then you've got the ruler as your number two and that's um the ruler is um quite organized and the ruler um loves um her business can we say that you love your business? Yeah, I love my yes. business. <laughs> so much so that it creeps into your personal life. Yeah. So much so that you can't go to sleep without thinking about your yeah. clients or your work or your podcast. <laughs> I yes, know. yes, yes. <laughs> I know because my third is ruler. It's quite your my ruler is my third, but it's higher than yours. Is that 31? So <laughs> 
And then your third one, accumulator, oh, well, she loves money. She loves saving. She loves details. She loves spreadsheets. <laughs> yeah. Love a spreadsheet. <laughs> and you also have the romantic. And the romantic is more about enjoying life for life. You know, I just want to enjoy the moment, enjoy what money gives me. So there could be a potential sometimes, potentially sometimes, um, you might be um, torn between like saving money or spending money, saving money or spending money because you want to enjoy whatever you want to enjoy today, like buy a candle or have a massage or go to the spa and you're accumulated to going, no, 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 no. We need to save money. We can't spend all that money on the spa. <laughs> I think how that shows up really, because I knew that you said to me um, when I did it like that, you know, that must sometimes feel like a challenging combination. Yes. And, um, I think where it comes up for me is like I don't I've I don't find particular enjoyment in spending money on things you know like material things unless yeah. it's something that is really like deeply meaningful to me and like quite often the things that are most meaningful to me in a material sense are things that don't necessarily cost money yes but I enjoy spending on experiences definitely and I really enjoy investing in things that I care a lot about so like whether that's something like my personal you know investing in me personally to like I don't know further my qualifications in coaching for example or personal development or giving to charity like causes that I feel strongly about and and yeah so I find like I think that that's where that combination comes yeah, you've got a really great combination. I'm quite jealous. <laughs> <laughs> the the way that you're uh, that you like to spend money on coaching and your personal development that's the ruler. Like we don't mm. mind spending money as long as we're gonna make it back, <laughs> as long as it's gonna serve us in some way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The romantic, the romantic is more like I don't care. I just want to have a nice experience. Uh yeah. Okay. Yeah. That would be the the subtle difference. Yeah. Um, I think so, also yeah because I feel like I actually find that um like with gifts, I really enjoy buying like gifts for yeah. people that are that where I know that it's going to be something that like a person wouldn't necessarily buy for themselves, but I enjoy like giving them that indulgence. Yes, that's your yeah. romantic. Yes, I think that's yeah. where, but I do find I feel like that. I feel I don't I don't often do that bit for myself, I don't think. So it's that's an interesting thing to reflect that's your on. your accumulator going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's You're not right for them, but not, not for, for me. me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and connectors could also help you then. So this is where what you were saying we all have all eight archetypes. So there are eight archetypes in terms of sacred money archetypes. And this is where we can um call upon other archetypes to help us in certain situations so you could say well actually this is going to be connection time for me and that's really Mm -hmm. going to speak to you because connector is your first so yeah I am going to spend 40 pounds on this massage whatever it might be (laughs) um so you can you don't have to be torn constantly between the accumulator and the romantic you can call upon the connector or you can call upon the maverick even though it's your last you could say hey let's be rebellious and uh <laughs> let's go for a wild ride at uh alton towers i don't know that could be yeah that's me too definitely, yeah. definitely. <laughs> i love a roller coaster 
<laughs> yeah, you just basically described me. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Can I just say this is our first conversation? I know, exactly. <laughs> this is the power of archetypes. I, I can I can tell what people who people are very quickly just based on that. It is yeah. so fascinating and it's so helpful because they feel then seen and heard and recognized. And yeah. I feel I can really help them because of course, all archetypes, there's not a single archetype that's better than the others. All archetypes have their gifts and all archetypes have their challenges. So don't think that, um, you know, because you're um, a connector and maybe you're not so... So you said about spreadsheets and maybe you because you're you've got accumulator, you've you're saved. But the connector really can't be can't be bothered with money normally. Oh. Like if if there's no accumulator or ruler, then it's like, oh well, I don't care. <laughs> I ask my husband to deal with that or my girlfriend or whoever, you know, my accountant. They don't want to know the nitty-gritty, but the accumulator is saving saving you for that as it as it were, saving. There's not <laughs> there's nothing to be saved, but you know, it's helping you. Yeah, that's really interesting to reflect on because, um, yeah, I have had to make, like, now that I've run, I run my own business and, like, you know, I I, I want to, um, you know, have a, a, like, a financially healthy business, but I have had to make an effort to to make that feel easeful and fun and enjoyable, I have to say. So, like, you know, make my spreadsheets a nice colour so that I really yes. want to go in and do them, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> Rainbow colour. <laughs> yeah. The other thing um, was really interesting about the Maverick was because that's something that I've always been, like, I've always had this, like, a side of me acting on a whim. You know, I like to, like, take it. And it's been a side that I've always thought of as like a bit irresponsible in a way mm-hmm. or a bit like oh you know like that's not uh, a good quality to have and it's coming back to now actually in business it serves me quite well mm. sometimes and I think that it's that's um a really good example of what you said there about it, um, each archetype having its almost like it's pros and cons if you like or bits that yeah um, will serve you well in certain situations and maybe not so much in others and it comes back to that like having the awareness of it all and then like to me awareness is something that always opens up choice then because you can if you if you're aware that there are different options then you can choose it's the first step yeah 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 then you have different choices but also you need to sometimes you need to work at it so the accumulator, for example, I'll take my example because it's, it, it's my top one and at 37, so it's out of 40. So it's 37, it's really high. Um, and my my challenge is to invest in, you know, invest in anything. I can't spend money at all. I'm going to be on the street tomorrow. <laughs> so I'm aware of that and I have to work on it. I have to remind myself every day, it's okay to spend a bit of money on your software for your business. Mm. <laughs> it's a, you know, that uh, This example comes to mind because that was a real struggle. You know, do I go for Kajabi, the platform that's got everything, that's quite expensive, but it's got everything in one place, or do I just stick to WordPress plus this, plus that, plus that, plus that? And it took me a while to accept that it's okay. It's only a hundred pounds. It's not the end of the world. <laughs> so investing for for um 
for ourselves, for our, even for our businesses, even though I have Ruler as my third, which is really business orientated and and risk a bit a bit more of a risk taker. So when you said about the risk, the maverick, I think it's also your Ruler that that can be a bit um, impulsive and go, oh, let's just do it quickly, mm. yeah, go for it. Um, so even though I have that, you know, the community is the strongest. It's like, no, we're not spending money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this. So the other aspect of this I'm really enjoying is that so we've talked about it a lot, I guess, in um in the context of business and particularly entrepreneurship. But like I really feel that this is beneficial to anyone listening, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, or whether you know you're in a, a corporate job with a, a a stable, steady monthly income. I think this is a really oh, yeah. important thing to be aware mm-hmm. of. And I feel really passionate about like just in general opening up the conversation around money a little bit more because it's not like certainly it's not something that I was really brought up talking about a lot and I've definitely moved in circles where it's just not the done thing to talk about money but yeah mm-hmm. I feel that like I feel for for females and for mums in particular, it's a really important discussion to have because I feel that so many of the choices, like often quite big choices that we're making about what we want in life are quite often governed by money. So, you know, mm. for example, the type of jobs that you're going to have, you know, so maybe you're in, in a corporate job and would love to be an entrepreneur, but the the perceived financial instability that would come from it is just like it doesn't feel like an option to you um so like where where do you think the archetypes come into to these big decisions you know we're maybe making decisions that are where we're either consciously or like often unconsciously acting in a particular archetype to make these big decisions yeah, the archetypes are in every decision. Small ones. Do I spend a pound on this suite <laughs> or this? Uh, I don't know what's what's worth a pound these days. I can't think. <laughs> do, I, do I spend ten pounds on 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 this pen or not? Small decision. Do I go for this job? Okay, perfect example is a job where you have to be um, seen a lot, where you have to be uh, in the in on on stage or when you you know not necessarily on a stage but on display a lot where you're a salesperson we have to be um a good speaker or not if you're an introvert or not going to be probably the the right place the right job for you and if you're an introvert you're unlikely to be a celebrity archetype is a, a, an archetype called the celebrity. The celebrity loves the attention. She loves being the center of attention. She loves, or he loves, um, spending a, a certain amount of money on nice things that mean something to everybody, not just to them. So you might buy something from a charity shop, then you love it because in an accumulator, it only costs five pounds and you love it. The celebrity will never go to a charity shop. <laughs> she will never buy anything from there she's got to go to a nice shop that has got slightly expensive stuff or luxury stuff that maybe your romantic would like as well but might not as much as as a celebrity so the celebrity type will go for a different kind of job than the accumulator um it's it's noticeable in entrepreneurship as well and it's noticeable in in finding a job and it's noticeable in finding a husband or a wife 
mm. as well. So will you go for your opposite if you're a cumulator? Are you married to a celebrity? Um, or <laughs> and there could be some uh, tension there. Yeah. <laughs> you can imagine. <laughs> or you're going to find somebody who's a bit like you who doesn't want to spend too much money and want to save lots and then you're going to have you're not going to invest in, it, in anything and you'll just oh. pay small which could also be a problem <laughs> so. oh I love it it's so it's so interesting so I think like having that again like it goes back to the awareness doesn't it like having the awareness in the, the, the first place that maybe this is where a lot of your decisions are are, are coming from or the basis of the decision is coming from and then noticing where else this is showing up in life yeah. might be um, I mean wherever you whatever you do wherever you go you, the better you know yourself the better the you know the better you your choices will be the better your decisions will be them because they'll be aligned with who you truly are deep down so I recommend you all the personality tests that you can <laughs> learn as much as you can from as early on as you can as well. We do not teach our children enough about that, I feel. Mm, no, absolutely. Um, so when it comes to my children, let me tell you, they already know what archetypes they are, <laughs> even though even though they're not, you know, they're only nine and 13. They've known for three or four years. I say, oh, I can tell you're romantic to one of my daughters. And the other one is an accumulator, an alchemist. The alchemist is the one with lots of ideas, mm. um, the, the artist, if you, if you like. Um, so I can tell. And my husband, he's such a maverick, he doesn't even want to take the test. <laughs> how rebellious he is like ah you don't need to take the test I know who you are I know what you are you're a maverick <laughs> oh I love it I love it <laughs> so for anyone listening who um, would like to take the test and is um this is really part of curiosity and um, where can they find out more so it's on my website it's um www.joyousjourneys.uk slash quiz fabulous i i shall also include that link in the show notes as well um can you tell the listeners just what to expect when that when they take the quiz and what they what they yes so it takes out? about takes about 10 to 12 minutes normally no more than that um and you have to answer from from the the perspective of your whole life it's not just like this week if you've spent lots of money this week or if you spend nothing <laughs> it's in all your tendencies throughout your life um and there are quite a lot of questions so yes it's um it can be a bit like oh my god so many questions but at the same time it can be enlightening just list just just reading the questions did you find that yes. just reading the questions think, oh yeah I never thought of that oh yeah yes. that's what I do oh yeah that's so me yes that's yeah. what I thought I was like oh wow like this is a thing that I actually there's a question about this I just <laughs> thought this was the way I was you know this is it this is why I love the quizzes it makes you realize this is why I love the quiz and the archetype and archetypes in general makes you realize you're not alone mm-hmm. and you might have felt all your life oh my god I spent so much money on, ma- on massages oh, <laughs> for my romantic life and oh I'm not alone yeah. lots of people do that romantics do that so easily yes okay fine so it makes you feel better about yourself um so as you read the questions um just like don't spend too long thinking is it a three or two or one or you know is it a three or four I don't know and I'll just go with your first instinct that's that's my recommendation fantastic um and then just by way of wrapping up as well where where can we find out more about you and and the other aspects of of your work well um 
on joysjourneys.uk. So you need the www because there are some issues with my website if we don't put the www. So www.joysjourneys.uk. Um, and also on Instagram um, at joysjourneys.uk. Uh, also on Facebook, but a bit less on Facebook. So mostly on Instagram. Lovely. And lastly, your podcast as well. My podcast. Yeah. It's, the, it's the Writing Womb podcast. <laughs> Um, and it is on all the platforms except Apple Podcasts because I don't have an iPhone and I, I apparently can't set up <laughs> an Apple account. It's like they're making it very difficult for me. So at some point, maybe by the time this is published, it will be it will be happening. But oh, fantastic. Um, I, it's on Spotify and Google Podcasts and yes. also on YouTube. Oh, brilliant. Yes. Lovely. That'll be, um, yeah, a great express land. Fantastic. Well, yeah, I really, really enjoyed this conversation as well. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Um, yeah. And thank you for sharing your like your enthusiasm and your passion and all of your knowledge. It's been, yeah, really, really fun. Uh, thank you for having me, Debbie. It was, it's been amazing. Really delightful. <gasps> all right. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Balancing Act podcast. If you'd like to connect with other working mums just like you who are seeking more balance in their everyday, then come join us on the free Facebook community, The Balancing Act for Working Mums. If you've loved what you've heard, I would be incredibly grateful if you could rate and review the podcast on your favourite platform so that we can spread the word to all the working mums out there looking for more balance. Until then, I look forward to speaking to you in the next episode. Bye for now.